You're listening to Thrive Beyond Size, episode 140. Welcome to Thrive Beyond Size, the podcast that's all about finding health, joy, and liberation beyond weight. If you're ready to break free from diet culture and embrace a lifestyle that celebrates your body regardless of your size, you're in the right place. Here's your host, health and wellness coach, Dr. Michelle Tubman. Well, hello there, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about a docuseries that was recently released on Netflix called You Are What You Eat. And there has been so much talk about this. And it's really just the latest in a series of documentaries produced by Netflix that really come across as conspiratorial and conflated and really contribute to the food fear mongering that um, that has been occurring and really contributing to diet culture. Now, I was so hesitant to even watch this documentary. Um, I didn't want to because I had some preconceived notions about what it was going to be like, but I didn't want to actually get on here and talk to you about this without actually giving it a watch. So um, you're very welcome. I watched all four episodes. So now you do not have to. And there were some things about this documentary that I did appreciate, and I will tell you about those. But for the most part, I have to say that this docuseries was 100% vegan propaganda. If you haven't heard about the documentary, let me just give you a quick breakdown, and then we'll dig into what I feel were the flaws with this documentary, a couple of the things that I did actually appreciate, and then questions that you can ask yourself when you're watching documentary series around food in the future to help you decide how much stock you should place in the messages that they're trying to share with you. Okay, so essentially this documentary was based on a study that was published in November of 2023, and it was a twin study. So they essentially took 21 sets of twins. And this was an eight-week study, and they put one sibling from each twin set on a vegan diet. So they ate only plant-based foods for the eight-week period. And the other twin was put on an omnivore diet omnivore diet. So they ate both animal products and plants. And for the first four weeks, they were actually given meals. So they received a package in the mail to their doorstep of all the meals, and that's all the food that they ate for the first four weeks. For the second four weeks of the study, each twin was responsible for preparing their own meals. So um, we'll talk about this methodology a little bit in, 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 in a bit. But essentially what they did is take a whole bunch of measurements to determine their cardiometabolic health before the study started and then again after the eight weeks period were were up with the goal of hopefully being able to tell us that a vegan diet is far superior. So this documentary was essentially an extension of this study. So they followed a few sets of twins as they went through the eight-week period and they also did a few additional measures that weren't included in the study that that was initially published. So in the initial study, they really just looked at blood lipids and cholesterol, glucose and insulin levels, vitamin B12 levels, and body weight. Um, The show looked at all of that, but they also took um, stool samples to study the microbiome. They looked at telomere length, which is essentially a marker of 
longevity and your biological age. They looked at body composition. They looked at VO2 max, which is really a marker of your fitness level. And in the women, they looked at sexual arousal as well. I thought it was kind of funny that they were trying to sell a vegan diet by telling you you'll be more amorous um, if you if you eat more plants. And so from a scientific point of view, there's all sorts of problems with this study. So first of all, the vast majority of the twins were female. They only looked at an eight-week period. So there's no there was no follow-up with this study. We don't know if any of the participants were able to stick to their diet or not. We don't know if the parameters of their blood lipids and their um, insulin levels and all the other things that they measured changed over time. We have no idea how this played out for any of the twins in the long run. And this is really important because this is also something we see all the time in weight loss literature in that these very short-term studies are done showing that people lose weight on diet X, Y, or Z, but they don't follow them up over the long term. And for the rare study that does follow them up, what we know is even if it's effective in the short term, it is absolutely not effective in the long term. And so we have no data about the long term effects of any of this from from this particular study. The other thing that I think is important to point out is that when studies do not mimic everyday life, how applicable are the results? So for, for, for example, for the first four weeks of the study, all of the twins received their meals in the mail. They came in a big box and all they had to do was, was heat it up. And things are very different when you are given food and have no choice in the matter versus when you're living in the world and have to, you know, navigate your busy schedule and, and, and everything else and have to make food on your own. So much easier to stick to a specific diet if the food is actually provided for you. And even in the second half of the study, when when people um, made their own meals, we have no idea how well they were actually able to stick to it. So did the vegans actually truly eat purely vegan in that second four-week period when they were responsible for preparing their own food? Um, we really don't know. They didn't really give us any of that information. And even if they did give us information, it's hard to say how accurate it would be if it was based solely on the participants' recollection, um, such as, you know, filling out a survey of, of what they're eating, how truthful um, they're, they're actually being. So there's lots of doubt placed on the results that come out of this because, because of these things. Another thing that I think is important is if this wasn't just a vegan diet versus an omnivore diet. This was a healthy vegan diet versus a healthy omnivore diet. And one thing I know is is that when we start to put labels like this on things, it really changes the the the, the milieu, right? So I know plenty of vegans who live on like Oreo cookies, right? And so there's very much a difference between a healthy vegan diet and an unhealthy vegan diet. Same for om omnivore diets, right? And so if you're thinking that you're just going to go eat vegan based on what you've learned in this documentary, but choose to eat a lot of processed vegan type foods, you might not have the same results that the, um, the vegan twins had in this study. Another thing is that they all got to work with a personal trainer, right? So it wasn't just a healthy vegan or omnivore diet. It was also a healthy diet plus working out with a trainer. 
And I, why I hate when they include this in studies is because we don't know what the effects are coming from. So when, and we'll talk about the results of the study a little bit later, but when you see that, you know, for instance, vegans lost more weight, was this because of the exercise that they were doing or was it because of the diet, right? And so if you want to apply the results of these studies, or if you want to apply um, a vegan diet to your lifestyle in the hopes that you will replicate the results of this study, you also have to understand that not only do you have to be eating that healthy vegan diet, but you have to be working with a trainer and getting that very specific type of exercise as well. And and so it's really questionable as to how applicable these results are to the general population to even begin with. And so when we really dig into this study, it was so clear almost right from the beginning that this was all just vegan diet propaganda, especially the second two episodes. Now, to be clear, I actually prefer to eat a predominantly plant-based diet myself. I do feel that it works best for me. I do not, however, feel that it's best for absolutely everybody. And despite the fact that there are a lot of reasons why I think a plant-based diet is superior for me, I still thought that this docuseries was a bunch of bullshit, right? For all the reasons that, that, that we're talking about. And one of the things that really drove me nuts about this documentary is that there were just downright fallacies portrayed numerous times. There were um, statistics given that I went up and looked up and were very different from what is portrayed in, in the literature. And they don't tell you where they're getting any of this data from. They don't have any, you know, studies or data or anything else to back up what they're saying throughout all four episodes of of this series. So an example is in the very first episode, one of the experts states that the number one cause of death in the U.S. is the American diet. Actually, if you look on any sort of statistical source on this, heart disease is always the top of the list. Like there's just no doubt about it. So yes, does diet contribute to heart disease? Yes, of course it does, as do many other lifestyle factors like the amount of exercise you get and if you smoke or not and how much alcohol you consume. Also, your genetics plays a role or other you know, um, um, chronic diseases that you might have. The environment plays a role. Um, other you know, stress levels play a role. So many things contribute to the development of heart disease, not just the diet. So to say that it's the diet that's the number one cause of death is completely unsubstantiated. It is so much more nuanced than than that. But this documentary is full of these um, fallacy statements that are so hyperbolic in nature that it's you you almost want to laugh. But if you don't know any better, you might get, you know, sucked into all of this messaging. And this is really because I think the tactic they're trying to take in this documentary is food fear mongering. They're trying to make meat and dairy products so unpalatable for you that you simply do not want to eat them. And the problem with this fear mongering type of pro type of approach is that it makes you feel bad about what you're eating. So they're essentially trying to shame you into eating a vegan-based diet. 
And the problem with this approach is that we know that shame doesn't ever result in lasting uh, lasting change, and it certainly does not empower you to eat more plant-based foods. For sure, we know that including more fruits and vegetables and whole grains in your diet is good for your health. Nobody is going to dispute that. But saying that eating any plant or any meat or dairy foods makes you a bad person is really what this documentary is trying to do. And it's dirty play as far as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, it's really contributing to the diet culture fallacy that really places moral value on food, right? So this documentary is really trying to tell you that you are a bad person if you eat meat or dairy, right? And that is absolutely not true. But when you watch this documentary, it makes you feel that way. And and, and I know this because that's how I felt watching this documentary. There were certain scenes that absolutely shocked me. And, you know, I, I, I actually went out, I, I had a road trip after I watched this and I stopped in a, in a town halfway through to, to get dinner. And the thought of having any meat or dairy at that dinner like made me feel physically nauseous because some of the scenes that I saw in um in 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 the documentary and this is not the way we should be encouraging people to eat more fruit and vegetables for sure there were all sorts of ways that they tried to fear like scare us into eating more plants and vegetables and eating less meat and shaming us and in, into doing so right so there were like all sorts of of things like they talked about how you know every time you eat a hamburger another tree gets chopped down in the amazon forest right and of course they talked about the methane gas and the cow farts and how that was contributing to global warming and they talked about horrible industrial farming practices and right they showed like chickens fighting with each other and scratching with each other and they told stories about how the chickens are genetically engineered to grow such big chicken breasts that their poor little legs couldn't actually um, hold them up and you know chickens dying left right and center and diseased chickens and you know they talked about fish farming and disease plumes and you know fish with these weird you know skin diseases and you know poor turtles caught in the fishing nets. And, you know, they they talked about the E. coli in chicken and they went on and on and on about, you know, the antibiotic resistance that is caused, you know, because of this. And they have this whole story about how it's raining pig poop that in, in one farming area, they were um, literally spraying the poop um, in, into their neighbor's yards. And they talked about the poor abused farmers and right, there was just so much hyperbole and this, um, you know, very disturbing imagery and language used to talk about agricultural practices that really made you feel dirty and immoral for even considering eating meat. And it was it, it was effective, but it's dirty play. And a lot of it is, like I said, um, hyperbole and not actually based on actual data or, or statistics. You know, a large part of this message was essentially telling us that we're killing the planet by eating meat, right? And yes, it's true that agriculture does actually contribute to greenhouse gas admission uh, um, emissions. We know that. But it's not just 
animal agriculture. It's plant agriculture too that contributes to this. And I didn't write them down, but they give they did give like actual data percentages of what they feel the agricultural industry is contributing to greenhouse gas emissions. And it's it just didn't sound right for me. So I actually Googled it while I was watching. And the EPA gave totally different data. So I have no idea where they were even getting that information from. And of course, they didn't tell us. So there's no way to verify any of it. Now, it's actually true that that there are foods that are better for the environment than others. It's true that some of the animal husbandry and animal agriculture practices that we have are resulting in deforestation and other problems for the environment. That That is actually true. But this doesn't give anyone the right to shame you for eating according to your preferences what you can actually afford, what's actually available to you where you live, and what you actually have access to, right? So it is so much more complex and nuanced than, you know, simply choosing not to eat meat because of the environmental impact. Now, one of the things that I actually appreciated about the documentary was that they they talked a lot about food deserts in the United States. And these are really pockets of communities across the country that have really poor access to food. Now, these communities tend to be more racialized um, and they tend to be poorer communities. Now, the problem, of course, that I have is I, I thought it was fantastic that they actually brought this up because it is important. But what they're you know, essentially saying is that if these communities don't have access to healthy foods, then you know, these processed vegan products are a great solution. And it, that that's just insane, right? That is absolutely not the solution and may in fact even contrib- contribute to um, the economic and social disparities in these in these communities. They also touched upon some of the other aspects of food that are important, such as what's culturally important to us. And, you know, I love that they brought brought this up, that there are certain foods and different cultures that are um, given given higher importance. And really what they were trying to say is, yeah, we acknowledge that, but here's how we can give these same things to you in, in a vegan format. So there was just this beautiful opportunity to talk about some of these important um, social issues that I think they just kind of really missed missed the mark on. All right. So what were the actual results of this study? Well, first, vegans had a decrease in their bad cholesterol, which is great news, but they also had a decrease in their good cholesterol and an increase in triglycerides. And those are actually um, bad. So in terms of cholesterol, it's hard to say if, you know, a vegan diet was actually beneficial. Likewise, the vegan group showed decreases in their fasting insulin levels, which is important. We want to see that. But we also know that there's many other ways to improve your fasting insulin levels that do not involve a vegan diet. So for example, pairing your carbohydrates with a fat source or a protein source will decrease insulin. And physical activity helps decrease your insulin as well. So yeah, it's great news that the vegans had lower insulin levels. But keep in mind, there's other ways that you can accomplish that as well. 
Um, of course, both groups lost weight, and we'd kind of expect that given that for half the time they were provided their food and they were really focusing on having a healthy diet regardless of whether it was vegan or omnivore, and they also had that personal trainer, right? So in the short term, not surprising that they would lose weight. However, the vegans also lost more muscle mass, which is really important. Um, muscle mass is important for our metabolism. It's important for bone health. It's important for lots of reasons. Losing weight at the expense of losing weight um, muscle mass is not necessarily beneficial for our overall health. So, you know, we talked about some of the problems with this with this study that it was very small. There was only 21 pairs of twins included. It was short term. It was only eight weeks. There was no follow up. They were primarily female. And we talked about all of all of the other issues in terms of how the food was provided and uh, the exercise component as well. One of the things as a physician that really bugged me, so like just moving off the results and, and back to, you know, how this documentary was portrayed, all of the hyperboles really drove me nuts. So there was a physician at one point who said this in, in regards to the antibiotics given to chickens is, is what he was referring to. But he, he said, life-saving life critical drugs are being squandered just to make cheaper meat. Like, is that not the most insane thing that you've ever heard of? So it, it, it's actually, there is some evidence to suggest that the antibiotics that we feed animals and the antibiotics that subsequently get contaminated into our water supply are actually contributing to antibiotic resistance in humans. Um, there is there is some evidence that that is absolutely happening. And so this is something that we want to consider when we're choosing a diet. Antibiotics are also used in plants, right? In um, vegetable agriculture. That is true. And also using this horrible hyperbole, the, you know, life-saving critical drugs are being squandered. That type of language just contributes to all of the, the fear-mongering. And I think it's just um, absolutely atrocious that they use this approach in, in the documentary. All right. So, Questions to ask yourself when you're watching documentaries to help you decide how much of the data that's portrayed or how much of the messaging that you're given you want to actually internalize and take on in, in your own life. And the first and perhaps most important thing to do is to follow the money. All right. So with this documentary, um, both the initial Stanford study that was published in November 2023 and the documentary that came out of it was funded by the Voigt Foundation. So this is a foundation that actually funds the Oceanic Preservation Society. And the director or the, I should say the founder of that foundation actually directed this documentary and a couple of the other documentaries that are on Netflix that are promoting a vegan diet as well. So both the study and the documentary were was funded by an organization that's committed to oceanic preservation. So, of course, they're going to promote a, a, a vegan diet, right? Um, a couple of two of the experts that were frequently speaking in this documentary are financially supported by Beyond Meat. So Beyond Meat didn't actually fund this study per se, but they do fund a couple of the experts that spoke in the documentary. And Beyond Meat products were actually provided to the vegan twins in the first four weeks of the study when they were provided um, with, with all of their food. Okay. So 
you want to ask yourself who stands to make money out of this documentary. And I will say that the last two episodes was focused almost exclusively on different groups of people who were trying to engineer vegan products to look, taste, and feel like meat, okay? Or cheese, right? So just kind of one of the threads that was going throughout all four episodes was how much everybody loves cheese. And so they they focused on this one woman and her process in developing cashew-based cheese products and how they engineered them to work on pizza, right, and, and, and other things. And so, like, there was a lot of airtime devoted to this woman and her, her vegan cheese, right? And they didn't talk about Beyond Meat specifically, but there were lots of interviews with um, different groups, student groups really at Stanford University who were working on developing vegan products meant to, to simulate meat. Okay, so there clearly was this agenda to sell these products. So just as a side note, back to the fact that this study was a healthy vegan versus a healthy omnivore diet. There's actually lots of data out there to support that a predominantly whole food plant-based diet is actually quite good for our health in general and many chronic diseases that we suffer in modern society specifically. But if it is a unhealthy, primarily processed food-based vegan diet, it is actually worse for you than an omnivore diet. Okay. And so I don't know if you've ever looked at the ingredients list on a Beyond Meat product, but it is all processed. So you can't really tell me that choosing this, these processed products meant to simulate meat are, are actually healthy. So I've, I've got a bee in my bonnet about this. Like, I'm not sure how a documentary can really have any credibility when they're looking at all of these heart, cardiometabolic health factors and fitness levels and then really trying to push these highly processed foods just just because they're they're vegan. It's ridiculous to me. So anyway, that's that's the first thing that you want to look at is you want to follow the money and really ask yourself who stands to make money from the messages in this documentary. Okay? So the second thing that you really want to ask yourself when you're watching a documentary is like what is the message takeaway? Like what is the actual agenda, right? Is there a counter argument portrayed? Are there dissenting voices portrayed? And in, in, in this documentary, that isn't the case. So not only do all of the experts use these hyperbolic messages to portray their pro-vegan stance, they give all sorts of data that is not substantiated. There's no references given to allow us to, you know, really research their validity. And in fact, sometimes they're given data that contradicts what we see in the literature, such as the diet being the number one cause of death and the percentages of um, agriculture contributing to greenhouse gas emissions, right? there's no counter argument, right? So a good documentary series may have a message, but they will show both sides of the story, right? They'll have, it, it's almost like a court case, right? Where you have the defendant and you have the prosecution and each, each presents their case. And it kind of allows you to, to think about both sides of the story and decide where you stand at the end. There was absolutely none of this in this documentary. There was no talk about how meat and dairy 
dairy might be healthy for you. No talk about how they might contribute to a healthful diet. No talk about how vegetable agriculture practices affect the environment. No talk about how, you know, they didn't really emphasize how some of the muscle loss can occur on a vegan diet. Like there, there was just so much of the counter argument that they just completely ignored, right? And so when they're not showing you the other side, that's a big red flag. And it, it like, they were so clearly promoting vegan processed food products here that, I mean, I don't, I don't see how you could take any of this seriously at the end of the day, but still here are questions that, that you want to, you want to ask yourself. And then the, the third thing is like, what's left unanswered? Like, do you have any questions for yourself that have come out of watching this particular documentary that they, that they didn't answer? Right. And so I had lots of questions about, you know, what, you know, th they didn't really say, about the B12 levels, right? They didn't talk about um, specifics about the microbiome. They were, they, I feel like to, to a large extent, they kind of glossed over a lot of the results of this study, probably because it didn't really definitively show that a vegan diet was superior in, in a lot of the areas that, that they measured. I had lots of questions about how, you know, there's there's so much innovation, I think, going on in agriculture, um, different ways to provide meat that is both healthier for, for us and better for the environment. They didn't show any of that. They didn't show any of the harms of farming practices that, um, you know, contribute to leaching of the soil and, and other things. They didn't talk about how um, deforestation for agriculture of plant-based products is occurring. Like there, there was so much um, left unanswered for me at, at the end of this documentary. And so it's, it's these three things that you really want to ask yourself. Who funds and distributes the, the information? Like follow the money. Who stands to profit from the documentary? Two, how is the message, how is the agenda portrayed to you? And are they also portraying the counter argument? Are they giving you the other side to also think about? And then what questions are left unanswered at the end of the day? These are some things to think about. All right, so... If you don't want to watch this documentary, <laughs> I am so okay with that. You've you've kind of got most of the information here. Um, if you do want to watch it, just I I would love to know what you think of it. If there's any positives of the documentary that you wish I had talked about, or anything else in this documentary that really kind of triggered you or 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 drove you nuts, right? I I have to say there was one there was one point in this. I think it might have been episode three, um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. But they're doing some debriefs with the twins at, at the end of the study. And so there was a, I don't know if she was a dietitian or, or a trainer, and she was talking about weight and she brought up something about um, diet culture that actually reson resonated with me. So I think this documentary really pushed diet culture in the sense that, you know, they were, they're really putting morality on food that plants are good, meat and dairy are bad, and you're bad if you eat meat and dairy. Like that was definitely the message. But there wasn't a huge um, emphasis placed on weight loss 
um, the requirement for improving the cardiometabolic factors. And there was actually this one moment where this woman, I think, was trying to get that message across. I would have loved to hear more from her to see where she really stands on this. But alas, we just kind of got her for, for, for a few seconds. So there it is, my thoughts on the documentary, You Are What You Eat. I'd love to know what you think about it if you watched it. So shout out to me at michelle at waysahealth.com or catch me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Ways of Health. Thanks so much. See you next week.